Hello beautiful boons and welcome to today's episode. So today's episode is learning how to have more control over your emotions and this goes for all kinds of emotions. It goes for frustration, anger, stress, heartbreak, being annoyed, all the above and more. Okay, so how to have more control over your emotions because one thing that is a fucking fact is that no matter where you are, you have more control over your own emotions than you think you do. Some things are inevitable, like what people do to you and what situations occur, but your emotions and how you process things, how you perceive things, how you react to things is within your control, okay? Now, I'm not saying that you'll never experience pain because pain is inevitable, but how you process, how you suffer, how long it takes you to process something, how long you are angry, that is within your control. Now, it's not, it's not something so easy as like, oh, just fucking flip a switch, it's fine. It's practice. It's training. And with training, you will become a master of controlling your emotions, okay? Now, this is not to say that you're someone that, you know, is so controlled and can't be spontaneous No, I'm talking about how to not let things affect you as much as they do. And I'm talking about how to get over something way faster when something does happen to you and how to not fester on something that's occurred and for it to just ruin your day or your week or your year, okay? That is what I'm talking about. Emotions still happen, but it's what are you doing with those emotions? I'm not trying to soften them down. When they're good, you want to learn to expand on them. And when they're negative, you want to learn to really wrap it up as quickly as possible, deal with what needs to be dealt with if it's serious, and then shut something down if it's a spiraling thought that's affecting you or your life negatively, okay? Now, the reason I wanted to do this podcast is this the last couple of weeks for me have been very stressful for, for, for a lot of reasons. I've had a lot of things going on at the same time. And it's always the case. If there's only one stressor in my life, and in, I, I would imagine most people's lives, if there's only one stressor, it's seemingly way more manageable than if there's multiple stresses. And even if those stresses are unrelated, it makes each individual stressor feel so much less in your control, right? So one thing that's really kind of put a strain on everything is the fact that we got a puppy. Love him so much. He's adorable. He's sleeping in a tight little ball right now. I'm looking at him so cute. But I was unaware how fucked having a puppy is. Like it's so much joy, but then so much frustration and you just feel like you just don't know what you're doing half the time. There's just so much that they're doing that you wish they didn't do, like shitting everywhere and anyway, crying all the time while you're trying to record a podcast and then it takes you like four hours to record a podcast that should only take you one, etc. all those things. So I was very, very, he's already gotten so much better. It's amazing. He's incredible. Such a smart puppy. But the first couple of weeks was extremely overwhelming for me. And because I was at my limit as far as like, I'm not getting anything done because I've got the dog with me all day long because I'm the one that that has a more flexible job between me and Tyrone. So the dog's with me all day long. I was getting nothing done. So I was stressed in that regard. I was already at my limit of stress and I was noticing myself just spiral. And because of that, I was also training way less. I've only just gotten back into exercising after like three and a half weeks of having the dog. I was not exercising. Anyway, all these things are just like weighing down. There's a lack of exercise. My routine's fucking gone out the window. I'm stressed because I'm not getting anything done. And then layered on top of that, I've also had a few work stresses, which are fine, but 
they've been really weighing on my mind lately. So there's all these things that are culminating in like me just feeling absolutely like shit basically. And I basically just took a page out of my own book. I was like, Alexis, you are so unhappy the last few weeks. Like not all the time. It's definitely not been a chronic unhappiness. But overall, my levels of happiness overall were so much lower. And I was like, this is unacceptable. You've got to... You've got to rein it in and put things into perspective and try and just take a fucking breath, remove yourself from the situation and look at the situation and create some distance and just think, okay, what can be done? What can't be done? What are we going to do about this? Because, you know, what's long-term, what's short-term, what can be tackled, what's not in your control? And I was able to really start to calm myself down in the last kind of, only just like a couple of days and I thought, I talk about this all the time and I myself am not taking a page out of my own book. And in the last couple of days, I've really found a way to turn it around. Yes, I'm more stressed than I normally am, but things are starting to get better. I'm starting to adapt to things a lot better with my new life situation with the dog. The dog's obviously getting a bit older as well. So he's as he grows, he's calming down. So things are falling into place. But I started approaching things differently just maybe a week ago or five days ago and I'm already feeling infinitely better because I started applying the things that I've been talking to you guys about. So I thought I'd do a whole episode on how to have control over your emotions so you're not finding yourself by the end of a couple of weeks or by the end of the month just really sad and frustrated and angry for things that maybe you can, maybe not control, but maybe you can control how you are experiencing those things. So that is the fucking episode of today. There is no brain fact for today because there's a lot of shit I want to get through. Um, so let's dive straight into today's episode. Okay, so to begin talking about this topic, there's going to be shit that happens to you. People are going to say things. People are going to do things. Situations are going to occur that are unfair to you. Like so fucking unfair, right? And that are hurtful or really disrespectful or even if it's not disrespectful to you, something is done or said that's disrespectful to a population of people that you care about or something that ethically grinds your gears, right? And more than do your part to defend yourself or defend other people, what else can you do, right? Sometimes you're in a situation where you feel, I have no power, this is going down, it's really hurting me or somebody or people that I care about and I feel so powerless and now it's really ruining my day, it's really ruining how I feel, this situation's fucked. And sometimes we get so upset about these things that it literally puts you on this downward trajectory and it ruin progress that you might have made by working on yourself, by working on relationships, by working on your career. You could be doing so much work on your self-love journey and then one cunt makes a comment about your appearance that day on the one day that you're like, fuck, I'm feeling good. And then you think this is pointless. Why am I putting in all this work? Why am I trying? Why am I fucking doing this? And then you start to spiral. Okay. Or you might have worked your ass off for something at work. You submit it. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing. And then the final review comes in. It's like, actually, no, the client wasn't happy with that. And it's, you're just so bummed and you feel like how in this situation can I feel good about this? How can I control my emotions when it feels so unfair and when I've actually tried? So that is what I want to be talking about. All those things. And you can apply it to everything in your life, okay? We often feel that we just don't have control. 
And that's why we suffer so much because we feel that there's a situation that's happening to us and we don't have control. And that's also where anxiety comes from. I look at anxiety as the gap, the distance between where you are and where you think you should be. So if something's happening that's really frustrating or unfair, it's kind of like this is not how it should be. And so that's where anxiety and pain and suffering comes from, okay? And we feel that we don't have control, but that is because maybe you haven't yet learnt to control yourself or maybe you haven't practiced it enough that you can access that control at the times that you need it most. Like you might find that it's easy to control it on these little tiny things that might be kind of annoying, but no, I can shut that out or I can shut it down. It's not going to annoy me. But when it becomes a really big thing, everything crumbles and you don't know what to do. You're not incapable off it if you just because you've never been able to do it in the past if you feel like no I always end up spiraling I always end up feeling like shit that's not because you're not capable it's just because you might not have acquired the skills yet everybody everybody is capable of having control over their own emotions to at least a decent degree okay so often we give so much power away to other people this idea of you made me angry. You took away my happiness. You made me depressed. No. Situations can occur in your life that cause a shock to the system and that does take adjusting to, for sure. We're not robots, okay? And this is called pain. It's almost always inevitable. Not always, but almost always inevitable. And it's something that you didn't want to happen. A breakup, being misled to believe something and then being let down. A car crash, for example, being fired, being lied to, being ghosted. These things definitely cause pain and discomfort, for sure. But to say that someone made you this way is then saying, well, if someone's turned you into this or made you feel that way, you're giving them way too much credit, way too much power, way too much, okay? If they're making you feel that way, you're saying to somebody else, you have control over me. Fuck that shit. They might have caused a situation that you have responded to by experiencing pain because that person's not who you thought they were, a love has been lost, for sure, but you don't control me is what you want to think of. You want to feel you do not control me. I control my emotions. I can mourn this. I can grieve. But you do not control me. I'm not going to be in a position where I'm going to be suffering the same pain again and again and again and again because ultimately that means that you control me. Stop giving other people that much credit. Fuck that. Can I just say? Fuck that shit. What you want to ask yourself time and time again throughout your life is this situation has happened, how will I proceed? That's the question. Heal from it, yes. Take your time to process it, yes. Mourn something, yes. But suffer ongoingly, because I've got a whole podcast about pain and suffering and all of that. Suffer, that is up to you and only you can decide if you are going to continue to suffer because suffering is a choice. Pain is not but then to continue that cycle again and again and again. That is a choice, okay? And if you're, only you can decide that. No one else can choose to make you suffer. Nobody can. Only you can. And once you understand that and really understand it, not just listen and say, oh, yeah, right, yeah, maybe, maybe, or no, no, I disagree. Once you really understand that you are the only person that can cause suffering, not pain, but suffering, then you start to gain the power back, okay? 
because suffering is from within. No one can make you suffer long-term. No one, okay? So the aim of this episode, we've got two things here. Number one, we want to learn how to make things not bother or affect us as much. So of course, it's still going to initially affect you, but how to kind of end that sooner. And number two, we want to learn how to intercept these things and return back to our baseline of a calm state as quickly as possible when something does happen, okay? So we're looking at a long-term thing and we're looking at a short-term thing and we want to master both those things. Now, I've got a whole bunch of things that I want to go through. I think it's like 10 points that we're going to go through in today's episode. But you have to remember that you are not your thoughts. You've probably heard this before from a whole bunch of other people, but you as an individual are not these thoughts. But your thoughts can affect you and they can affect you quite a bit. They can ruin your fucking year. They can ruin your life if you allow it, okay? But they're not you. They can just impact how you feel if you allow it. Notice how some people can get so aggravated at something because they've allowed it in and they've fixated on that thing and they cannot shift their focus, whereas the person right next to them is like, oh, yeah, right, I didn't even notice. Like some people are like, why are you chowing so fucking loudly? Or they lose their shit when they're driving on the road and other people can just, they just don't get road range, it's just not in them. That's got to do with allowing or not allowing, with fixating or not fixating, with letting something go because it's not important to them or grabbing it and making it, making it what's making them suffer today, okay? You can either notice it and fix it or you can be like, ah, I don't have control over this. Okay, next, okay? Thoughts thoughts come and go like waves and you have to remember that nothing, nothing holds its intensity for too long. Your brain cannot sustain that level of intensity for a long period of time. So you have to understand that you're going to ride waves of pain. And when that wave of pain starts to subside, you have to try and do something in that moment. Okay, this is the time where the the wave isn't that bad. Now I'm going to turn things around. Now I'm going to change things. And the more often you do that, the less those waves come by and the less intense those waves are, including things like heartbreak, which can be some of the biggest pain that you can experience. Even when you're heartbroken, the intensity is not constant. It's like up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. You do have these moments of respite in between. Okay. Let's get straight into all these points. I've got like 10. Number one, understand that things happening to you that could cause an emotional reaction are inevitable. Not to expect it at every turn. You're not sitting here, oh, who's going to fuck me over today? But it's this idea of when it happens, it's like, okay, I know that this is life. I know that I don't agree with everybody here. I know that I perceive things differently to everyone. So now that I'm in a situation where someone's reacting in a way or someone's blowing up at me or someone's saying something hurtful, I am aware that this is inevitable. I'm not like, oh, my God, I've never expected this. How dare, oh, my God, I'm so insulted. It's more like, well this is inevitable. This exists. I'm not going to be a fool and act like this shit doesn't exist. I see it around me all the time. It exists. Now it's happening to me and I'm just going to accept that this is inevitable. I can choose to stay here or walk away, but the actual action of it happening, I can't control. Number two, learn to observe your thoughts and shed a light on these thoughts. By trying to observe your thoughts, that is the best way to become present in the moment and to emotionally remove yourself from a situation very quickly. Eckhart Tolle talks about this all the time. It's kind of like you're watching yourself think because a thought is the first thing and then instantly after a thought, there is an emotion. 
So observe the thoughts, observe that train as often as possible. And the best way to do this before you're in a heightened emotional state is to learn how to meditate. Meditate all the time. That gives you, especially when you're in a calm state already, that is one of the best training tools to observe your thoughts as they're occurring. I think a lot of people think that, you know, oh, I had a good meditation, I had a shit meditation. There's no such thing as a shit meditation. You might think it wasn't, you didn't feel that fresh after. But any time you are able to dedicate to peace and quiet and just allowing your mind to be as relaxed as possible, ideally not entertaining many thoughts at all, but you become aware You become aware of how many thoughts are happening. You become aware of this stream of thoughts. So even if you sat down for 10 minutes to meditate and it was this constant stream of thoughts, you are now aware of how much is going through your mind at any given moment. So that was a valuable meditation. And I encourage you to meditate every single day, whether you call it quote unquote shit or good, however you want to label it, it's always going to be beneficial. Do that as often as you can and you start to learn to watch yourself think. Because a thought precedes an emotion every time. And it sometimes happens so concurrently that you don't realize this. But you have to first acknowledge something to then feel the emotion. Okay? So watch your thoughts. And that's how you start to remove a bit of emotional attachment to them. Because you're thinking, okay, what's the next thought going to be? What's the next thought going to be? And it brings you into this karma state as you're thinking certain things. Number three, realize that... Other people's emotions do not have to rub off on your emotions unless you want to or unless you allow it because you've not been used to not allowing it, okay? So anger is a big one. Often when someone's angry and aggressive and whatever, our instinct is to match that, okay? That's instinctively, so we just attack, you know? But you don't have to. You have to understand that you do not have to match their emotions. Their emotions are their business, They're not your business. A lot of the time we take on other people's emotions and think that it's our responsibility to calm them down. It's our responsibility to put them in their place. It's our responsibility to X, Y, Z. You can put someone in your place. I'm the biggest advocate for calling people out on their bullshit for sure. But you don't have to match their emotion and their intensity. If someone's angry, you don't have to get angry. Okay, if someone's like rude and insulting, you don't have to stoop to that level and put them in that place and fucking insult them back. Because every time someone's talking to you in a certain way, being angry or insulting, it is just them opening up what's inside of them. It's them being like, here's me cracked open, anger, frustration, hatred. Oh, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. And they're just throwing it out onto you. And now you have an opportunity to say, oh, No, thank you. I'm going to walk away. I don't need to see that about you. I don't need to see you cracked open and you spilling out all that shit. Or you can be like, well, really? Crack you open. This is what's in me. And then you just start anger, frustration. So it's in you. When you respond to someone's emotions, you are saying, I'm going to match that because I also have that anger inside of me. I'm going to match that because I've also got all these pent up frustrations that are due to other things. But now you've, you've brought this up. I'm now going to throw all my frustrations onto you. Okay. Normally when someone snaps reacting back at you, it's probably not because they're so angry at what was said or done. It's because they've got something built up in them and this is their outlet. Also remember that if we're talking about anger, anger, and I go into this a bit deeper in my anger episode, but anger is a secondary emotion to a primary thing. 
right? So we don't just feel anger for the sake of feeling anger. We often, it stems from feeling abandoned, fearful. It's mainly fear-based things, hurt, um, rejected, whatever, misunderstood. That's where anger stems from as well. So if you're reacting to an angry person with anger, understand that that is a secondary emotion to something else that's underlying. So you don't have to match people's emotions. You can just sit there and observe And one of the best things you can do is to quickly, when you see someone snap, is to quickly say, observe them, observe. That's all I have to do, observe. I don't have to come up with something witty. I don't have to do anything. Just observe. And you'll start to realize, wow, this person's got a lot going on for them right now. And you stop seeing it as you being so attacked. You're able to remove and be like, fucking hell, this can't, (laughs) a lot fucking, this is a bit, it's a bit much going on for this morning. I'm just going to observe thank you very much, and remove myself from the situation, okay? Matching their emotion, that's up to you, but I don't recommend for most times. Unless it's love, I don't recommend. Okay, number four, limit the use of the word trigger. Everyone is saying, oh, they triggered me, I triggered you, you got triggered, trigger, 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 trigger. Can we stop using the word trigger so often? Like there's a place for it for sure. Like if you have, you know, deep, deep fears about something or PTSD or you've got for sure. But if we are always using the word trigger and we mean it, like we throw that word around a lot, then we actually are saying that we don't have control. If you're constantly telling yourself, I could be triggered, that person's going to trigger me, everyone's triggering me, that's actually not a very healthy thing to say to yourself, unless it's legitimate. Like you've been in a very traumatic car accident and then you're driving down the street, your partner's driving recklessly and you're like, please, 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 can you calm down because I can't handle this right now. I've just had a very traumatic experience. I've been in a car accident recently or in general. Can you please calm down? And then they have to slam on their brakes because another car swerved them and they nearly got into an accident and you have this full-on like breakdown. You were triggered. That is a trigger. You got triggered into thinking that something traumatic that has happened to you is happening again. That's a trigger, okay? So you can use it in the times that it should be used. But to be like, oh, someone was rude to me, triggered me, so I snapped at them. No, 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 I don't buy that. I don't buy that and you're just making an excuse for not having control over your emotions, okay? If you want to feel like every person around you controls your emotions but you don't, then use the word trigger as freely as you want. Sprinkle it on everything like fucking salt, okay? But if you want to have some control over your emotions, then be very careful with how often you use the word trigger because you listen to what you say to you. You need to pay attention to what you're saying to you. You don't have to be triggered unless it's a legitimate trigger to a really strong emotional experience that you've gone through, okay? All right, halfway. Number five, ask yourself often, always, often, all the time, ask yourself, how worth it is it for me to engage in this, okay? Constantly ask yourself that or to engage with this person because understand that you are always deserving of defending yourself. You have the right to defend yourself and defend other people whenever you want, okay? You have the right to call someone out whenever you want for saying the wrong thing or for being outwardly offensive but so often – The people that you're dealing with that you want to call out 
don't want to understand you and they don't care about understanding you. Often people are going to like throw daggers, 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 daggers and you can spend so much emotional energy trying to be like, well, this and that and you've got to understand this and defending and doing all of this, which I'm all for. But it gets to a point with certain people where you have to think, how worth it is it to go through this conversation with this person yet again? How taxing is it going to be on you emotionally, okay? Because you also have the right to walk away and not engage with someone that's hurtful. Is it worth answering this person? Is it worth responding to their smart remark? And at what cost? What is it going to cost me to turn around and start engaging with this dud who's clearly trying to press my buttons? At what cost? What will it cost me to invest emotion and energy into this? Will this cause me to spiral? Because if that's the case, and if I know how I react to things because I know myself better than anyone else does, is it worth it? You have to start identifying these things and asking yourself, is it fucking worth it and at what cost? Because as much as I'm all for defending yourself and standing up to people, whatever, if someone's just a straight up dickhead, they probably just want to argue for the sake of arguing because they want to be right or they want to see you lose your shit or whatever. You have to know when to walk away. You have to know when to walk away. You are always in your right to defend yourself and to stick up for other people. But if it's costing you so much, you can just remove yourself from the situation. You can, right? Don't always feel like you have to say something. You have to protect yourself. That's what you've got to do. You have to protect your mental health, okay? How worth it is it and at what cost? You need to ask yourself that often. Number seven. Number six identify past patterns. This is kind of tied into number five. What in the past has caused you to feel a similar way or what has caused you to feel pain or to feel really shit about yourself or to feel really defensive or to feel really hurt and offended? And how did that spiral, the spiraling unfold? How did those, those downward spiral thoughts play out? Really identify the patterns. Is it every time you speak to this particular person in your extended family that you're like oh my god I can just feel the feelings brewing up when I even think about it is it something like that and if it is then that's great because you've got a pattern now that you can look at you can think okay what is it that they always say that fucking piss me off is this something that I don't even have to engage in conversation anymore or is it something that when they start talking about it I can think I know exactly what this person's trying to do there is no resolution to this conversation They're not trying to have a healthy debate because I'm all in for a healthy debate. They're just trying to attack me and they're trying to get me to snap. I've identified the pattern and I'm not going to engage. They can look me in the eye and say, oh, you're scared to whatever. They can say whatever they want. I'm not engaging. I'm not engaging. Goodbye. Thank you very much. That is your choice. You don't have to engage in a conversation with someone who's hurtful, rude, insulting, trying to piss you off, trying to get a reaction. You don't have to. You owe that person fuck all. Fuck all. I don't care if they're your mother. You don't have to engage. If you can identify a pattern, that's it. You've identified it. It's not happening again. Number seven, get really clear on understanding that you can never convince everyone to think differently to how they're already thinking or to be more accepting or to be less judgmental or to be less cruel. You can hopefully ideally inspire people to be better people and this most of the time it happens by by leading by example unfortunately 
if someone's being a dickhead and you turn around and say, oh, and blow up, do you think they're going to change their ways? It's unlikely. Most of the time people change their ways because they've been inspired by something or they've seen something that's really caused them to be like, oh, wow, that was really impactful and maybe I need to change my ways. A fight is rarely going to do that. So even though you really want to change how someone sees things or if they're mean or horrible, you can't change them by having an argument with them. It's very unlikely. Possible, but it's unlikely. Okay, so you really have to understand that given that information, is it worth investing all this time and energy into, into you know, trying to get someone to change their mind when seldom do you ever change someone's mind? And separate to that, even if we're not talking about anger or someone being rude or offensive or whatever, you also can't force someone to change for, for the better as far as t- for the better for their own life. Like, but I just want this person to be healthy and I get so frustrated because they're living such an unhealthy life because X, Y, Z, blah, blah. You can't change them. You cannot change them. And it's frustrating and it's sad and the most you can do is lead them to water, but you can't make them drink, okay? And once you come to peace with that piece of information, like once you're at peace with that knowledge, true knowledge, because obviously you know it, but I'm talking about true knowledge in the sense of once you truly understand that in the depths of your soul, that no matter how much you love somebody, you cannot change them no matter what you say. You can only inspire them at best and then they're the ones that have to do the changing. Then you're going to feel a lot less emotionally attached to the outcome of these conversations and these interactions that you have. You can say, look, here's some stuff that I found, that I read, here's whatever to help somebody. But then you can think, okay, well, that's done. I've done what I can do. I'm not going to put any more blame on myself. I'm not going to take ownership over somebody else's actions. If they're not willing to help themselves, as sad as that is, there is nothing else I can do, okay? Because sometimes we get so worked up and angry that someone didn't take on our advice or didn't take on the help that we tried to offer them. But it's not your responsibility. You are not responsible for that, okay? Number eight. Ask yourself, are you beating a dead horse? Are you trying to do the same thing and getting the same result and then getting upset? Frustration comes from repeatedly not getting what you want to get or not having the outcome that you want to have or not having, you know, the feeling that you want to feel. That's where frustration happens. You're kind of, you're, you're, you're banging your head against a wall. And there's nothing wrong with that in the sense of if you're constantly trying, okay, I tried to do it this way, it didn't work. I tried to do it this way, it didn't work. I tried to do it that way, it didn't work. And now I'm frustrated. That's natural and that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with that because you're trying all these different things, okay? But are you contributing voluntarily to your frustration? Like do you try and do the same thing and then the same result happens and you get annoyed and then you do the exact same thing, the same result happens and you get annoyed. And this, as I'm talking about interacting with certain people or interacting with a certain thing or something at work. You're trying to do the same thing, you're getting the same result and you're having the same experience, okay? Are you beating a dead horse? Are you trying to get your partner to fucking start exercising with you and it's just not happening and you get annoyed every single time, right? So don't contribute to your own frustrations unnecessarily. If you know who you're dealing with, approach it differently. If you know that your dad always gets really emotionally fired up around one certain topic and every time you have a family lunch, it's mortifying because they've lost their shit and you're trying to calm it down, you're going to approach it differently now. You know the outcome. They're not going to change or you're going to presume based on their past you know, interactions based on past experiences, based on past family lunches, you know that it's not going to go differently from their end. So now you know I can engage again. That's an option. 
Or I can just not engage. When the conversation comes up, I'm going to go and fucking make myself a coffee. Not engaging, not engaging. I'm not beating this dead horse. I'm not going to try and make you change if you've shown me every single time that you're not wanting to or you're not willing to. Number nine, create space and perspective. When you are fired up, everything that you focus on expands. Well, actually, everything you focus on expands full stop, not just when you're fired up, okay? And this can be a great thing, like when we're talking about gratitude, appreciation, love, laughter, You know, sometimes you're laughing about something and you're focusing on it so hard that you cannot stop your laughter and you're trying to not laugh and it's so intense and you're in a situation where you've got to be perfectly silent like in a library and you're dying. That's because you're focusing so intensely on something and you just cannot remove yourself from the situation. So in an instance like laughter or love, it's brilliant. But that just shows you what the brain is like. We will fucking fixate and if it's so intense, we continue to fixate, 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 fixate. So with a joyful emotion, with something good, let it happen. Brilliant. But we do the same when it comes to something like anger, when it comes to like when we're feeling attacked, when we're feeling defensive or hurt or angry, then we're focusing on that and trying to justify the situation by defending yourself or trying to go round and round and round and trying to find the reason for why this happened to you and trying to find um, closure, 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 all these things, that this thing starts to grow larger and larger and larger in your awareness, in your head. It becomes this insurmountable thing that you just can't even process because it's so fucking overwhelming, right? Because you've just gone round and round and round and how and why and who and ah. Okay, you've spiraled. When things are layered with emotion, you struggle to reason. And then you begin the loop of emotion, 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 expand, 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 fear, fear, response, attack, all that shit. Defensiveness gets layered on, layered on, layered on. It is your job in a moment like this, and the quicker you can intercept it, obviously the better. It is your job to create distance from what's going on right now to how you are Um, experiencing it and how you're processing it, okay? Because there is the stimulus, which is the thing that's going on, and then there is you. They're two separate things. And then you respond to the stimulus, okay? And the stimulus can be something that's really difficult to not respond to, like heartbreak, right? Or like you just got fucking fired and now you've got to pay your bills. There's, I'm not saying that it's not easy. There's shit that's going down, right? But it, or, or like your best friend has just blown up at you for something and you're like, oh my God, I'm so emotionally attached to this. It's my best friend. How can I not think about it? How can I? And then you start spiraling again. So if you're, there's the stimulus and then there's you. In the moment that you identify something that's so intense and you start to identify that you're spiraling, you want to create some space. And by that, I mean just stop and breathe. Deep breaths, 10 deep breaths, okay? Something just minor like that. 10 deep breaths, okay? You know, I'm not even going to say go meditate because that's sometimes when you're in the in the most heightened of emotions, meditating is kind of can sometimes like make you angrier because you're like, that's the last thing I want to do. Just breathe, okay? Take 10 deep breaths. Take three deep breaths, okay? You want to give your reasoning part of the brain a fighting chance. Put the fucking phone down and do not reply to that text message right now. Put it down, okay? Leave it on the other side of the room and just get a glass of water. That's all you have to do. Put your fucking phone down and go and get a glass of water, okay? You've had this heated thing, emails back and forth, emails back and forth. Get up and just go for a walk, okay? You don't have to do anything crazy. Just get off your fucking chair, go outside and go for a walk with some fresh air. I can guarantee you, you'll never, never regret 
putting a bit of distance in between how you're experiencing something and the stimulus. You never regret it. You never regret saying, oh, I wish I, I, wish I fucking sent that abusive text message. <laughs> I wish I did that. Wow, what a regret in my life. I'm really going to – I've never lived that down. You never, okay? Because you – if, if, if you really think that that abusive text message has to be sent and you think, okay, after I've reasoned with myself and I've calmed down and, yep, it's the right thing, go ahead and send that fiery text message. But creating distance, can never you can never regret that. You can never feel shit about it. Always pause and think, okay, I'm going to – that's why people say sleep on it. I'm just going to give this time. And if once I've talked myself down off the cliff, if I still think that that's the right response because of X, Y, Z – Amazing. I'll back myself. I'll go ahead with it. Okay. But it is your job to create some distance. And the same goes, and I've, I've already said this a million times, so I won't go into it in detail. But if you're arguing face to face with someone, you are in your right to walk up, to stand up and say, I, I need a timeout. I definitely am intending on communicating with you. But right now, I'm feeling that this is just all a bit too much. I can't, I know I can't argue reasonably right now. And I really want to argue reasonably, so I need some time out. And you take yourself, you remove yourself from the situation and create some space, okay? That is, you, you owe it to you. The more often you do this, the easier it becomes to create space, even just in your mind. You might not even have to leave the room anymore. You get so good at being like, oh, I've identified when I need to create some distance between myself and what's going on, that you can just do it in your mind. And it can be happening right in front of you. This whole drama can be unfolding and you're thinking, I'm just watching this unfold, but I don't feel the need to react in a certain way reactively, instantly. I can actually take the time to process this and react in a way that I feel comfortable in. And I can take my time, okay? That person can wait for your response. Nothing, nothing is more important in this moment than your mental health and your mental peace. Nothing. Without your mind, you have nothing. So you need to protect it at all costs. If someone's driving you to, the, to what you perceive to be, oh, someone's driving me to insanity, remove yourself. Remove yourself, okay? Because then you're going to react in a way that you think, they made me do this. But at the end of the day, we are always... To an extent, and based on how much we've practiced, we are in control of our emotions. So it's this idea of like, I need to identify this as quickly as possible, intercept it, and walk away. And if the other person's blowing up and doesn't want to have a bar of it, that's on them. That's not on you. You owe it to your mental health. Last one, number 10, be receptive and lower your expectations about what will be said. People, you have to understand that people are living their life and reacting and interacting with people and things based on their upbringing, their beliefs, their experiences, and their moral compass, okay? So to expect someone to react how you would react is ridiculous because they haven't had the life experiences and the upbringing and they don't share necessarily your moral compass, okay? Especially if you can identify a pattern in that person then don't expect them to be different the next encounter. Be more open to the idea that you are not going to agree with a lot of people and that people are going to see things differently even if it's so unfair on an ethical scale. There are going to be people that you interact with that are racist and homophobic. But as fucked as that is, don't make it even more fucked by letting them control your experience. You've got to find a way to be like, these people, whether it's right or wrong, 
do not have control over me. They do not have the power and I will not allow that to be, okay? It can be so infuriating if you allow yourself to spiral. I can, we, all of us can. You can think of something so unfair and then G yourself up and just go around, around, around and then want to go out and fucking strangle someone on the street. Anyone can do that. Anyone is capable of doing that. Our minds are very good at spiraling for the good and for the bad. But if you can just understand these people don't share my morals, okay? They just don't. That helps you be like, okay, well, now now there's only so much I can do, you know, other than be as good a person as possible and try and live by example. I can't live my life trying to reason with a fucking rotten, toxic fucking lemon, okay? I can't. I'm doing what I can do and that's it. So once you've understood that, you need to lower your expectations when it comes to a lot of people. Not every person because there's some good fucking people out there and if they show you that they're good, have high expectations for them for sure. And if, especially if you're like, if you've got a good relationship with them and they've set a standard for sure. I'm not saying don't expect anything from anyone. I mean, there are people in your life that you will expect things from because you have a close relationship with. But if, you're with, if you know people that are hurtful or, or, or racist or homophobic or just fucking, you know, they can't argue and they're disrespectful, expect that from them. Expect it because they've shown you that side of them. And when you expect it, you've got either the opportunity of being shown what you already expect so there's no surprises or being pleasantly surprised. They're the two options. And it's so much better than thinking, oh, hopefully they'll be nice now and then then bang, surprising you in a negative way yet again, okay? So always be efficient with your emotional exchange with other people. Be efficient. Don't expect something that they've never shown you they're capable of doing or being. Stop doing that to yourself because that is the best way to feel hurt, the best way to expect something from someone who has never given you an ounce of evidence that they're capable of being that way. If someone has shown you time and time again that they're not fair, that they're mean, horrible, whatever it is, a bully, you now have evidence, okay, And if you choose to believe otherwise, unfortunately, that's on you. You've got evidence that this person's a wanker. Take that evidence and do something with it. If they then want to change it, it's on them to change. It's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to protect your mental peace and your sanity so you can learn to have control over your emotions. And by identifying all these things that I said, by learning how to process them, by creating some space, by interpreting things differently, you will get there, okay? But you always have to remember, my priority is my mental peace. Say it every morning. Wake up when you get out of bed and you say, especially if you're someone that you feel, you know, gets angry quite easily or gets upset really easily or reacts all the time and you hate that you reacted, wake up in the morning and you say to yourself five times, my priority today above all is my mental peace, just peace. And then you've primed yourself. And then when you get into a situation where you're noticing that someone's really fired up and you're going to react, you think, what did I say to myself this morning? I said to myself that my fucking priority was my mental pace. I'm going to walk away. And then you go and have the fucking green tea in the sun and we're good. Okay? Guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I adore you. And that is all. Have a stunning day and I will speak to you next episode. As always, remember, be kind to yourself. Be kind to your brain. Don't take shit from anyone and especially 
Don't take shit from yourself. Danke.